Welcome to Season 2 of the Refs Chatroom. Many officials think about the path from youth officials to the professional level. Many officials find that officiating one sport is not enough and extend their work to different sports. Our guest today in the Refs Chatroom is Jonathan Stone. He's on a quest to work at the professional level in his third sport, baseball. He's already been paid by the Premier Leagues and the professional tennis, including tournaments in Singapore, India, a notable venue called Wilmington. John McBride, that's me, our host, engages our British guest trying to make it in the all-American sport of baseball. So we're just basically uh, welcome to the ref chat room. Uh, my guest is uh, Jonathan Stone. And uh, Jonathan, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. Um, I'm hoping everything's good where you are. It is. Uh, you know, we, it's a tough world we live in. We just have to do the best we can. So uh, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, uh, I met you through uh, an internet group and then basically, but you've been an umpire and uh, you've got a lot of background. So tell us, you know, a little bit about you and then we'll go from there. Yeah, so um, I guess my um, background in officiating started um, back when I was 17, 18 years old, um, living in England. Um, I became a soccer or as we know it, football referee, um, progressing up through the ranks to semi-professional men's soccer and on the Women's Premier League back home. Um, then I accidentally fell into tennis and um, forged out a um, career as a tennis umpire. Um, I appeared at Wimbledon a few times, um, did covered Serena's 2010 Wimbledon final, um, ended up working all over the world. I went out to Singapore for the Youth Olympics. Um, as well as that, I traveled um, all over the US for tournaments, um, covering Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, and um, alike. Um, then I ended up moving to the States, um, ended up in Tennessee, uh, carried on refereeing a little bit of soccer before coming down to Florida, meeting my now wife. Um, and anybody that knows me knows that sport is my life. I've always been in and around sport, whether it be the amateur or professional level. Um, and I needed a challenge. Um, and baseball kind of appealed to me because it's not something British people, we don't play baseball um, as an everyday sport back home. It's certainly not something that I've seen or heard a lot about in the umpiring world for um, British people. Um, and I went to pro school um, and that was January of this year. I went to the Wendell Stat School um, and yeah, it was a challenge. Um, <laughs> definitely a challenge. I um, We'll definitely say the first couple of weeks I was beyond out of my depth. Um, I was certainly out of my depth by the end of it. But um, I went following school. I went to the umpire placement course or camp, which was run by John White in Sarasota, and ended up getting a job on the Expedition League this year. Um, okay, great. It's one of the one of the few leagues that actually play baseball. We played fifty a fifty three game season. Um, and I ended up with 53 games across 55 days. Um, 
up in the what I would call the flyover states, and um, it was um, it was definitely single swim, definitely <laughs> single swim. Wow, you've got a lot. And and what we're going to do is we're going to tell our listeners basically we're going to talk about the umpiring and and 2020 right now, but at some time during. Uh, the next couple of months, I'd like to get you on again and talk about Wimbledon and tennis. Tennis is a big uh, love for me. I play uh, every day that ends in a Y, and I uh, and I have two bad knees, so I'd like to get you on. But let's talk about baseball. Let's. Uh, so, I guess let's ask the question: What what made you? I mean, I know when I wanted to be. Growing up, I wanted to be a major gunpowder. But you started out late in life. What uh, what made you inspire you? Did you watch a baseball game and see John McSherry, or did you see somebody that inspired you, or like a mentor? Well, I'll be honest, in, in revolving back to my previous sports, I became a football soccer referee for the love of the game. I loved the game, I had the team I supported, I knew all the players in and out, um, I knew everything about that sport, and literally was in love with the game, um, was refereeing and found that I think officials as a generalization um, will always have a love for the game they're officiating and I totally get that. But for me, I always came off the field worrying about the individual player. Oh, I was refereeing a big name today or I'm going to be doing a game involving X, Y and Z team. This team gets a bigger crowd, so my nerves were different. Then I went into tennis, and I'll be honest, I, I knew nothing about tennis. Um, didn't know who the big names were. Um, one of my first ever matches was um, that I did on the professional level. Had a player involved that was in the top 10 in the world. I'd never heard of that player. Um, <laughs> but I went out on court totally normal. I wasn't nervous at all. Right. Then when I came over here and I was looking at other sports, I was, I'm very into football. Um, I watch that a lot. Um, I watch baseball. And I go to minor league games. And I travel um, when traveling and I've gone to minor league games. But I've never watched baseball. I've always gone, enjoyed the atmosphere, watched a bit of the game, never really followed who was who. Uh, and while, yeah, I know the big names, I can roll off the tongue to Chris Brian, Shell, Tuves, etc. Probably most major league players I wouldn't be able to name. So when it came down to wanting a new challenge in sport, I reverted back to my tennis roots of, hang on, I was more, more comfortable when I didn't know everybody, when I wasn't starstruck, when I wasn't walking out onto a tennis court going, oh my gosh, this player's number one in the world. I need to make sure that we get everything correct. And it was more natural and I was a lot calmer in that in professional environment or um, amateur environment when I didn't know who was around me because it didn't matter. It was all about getting my decision correct, making the right decision, keeping the game flowing. And that's probably part of the reason why I fell into baseball because I could walk out there not knowing who was who and I knew that if I miraculously walk out onto a field one day and I have a star name or something miraculous happens, it's not going to phase me because I'm not starstruck by that and I'm not I'm not sure any of what I've just said makes sense but it does to me. <laughs> no it does, it does make sense because you know I, my mother used to say to me, John who won the game and I'd say mom 
red team, blue team. Uh, I didn't know. I just went out there because of the love of the game. So it does make sense. Uh, it just, when you started so late, most guys start like 17, 18, they get umpire in school, they get a job and they move forward. And then, uh, so you, you recently, you've recently you've moved to the States, uh, you've got married. Yep. How was, how was that between, uh, you and your wife? Because it's not easy to be on the road away from someone that you love. Well, and I think you're right. It's not. Um, I traveled in tennis and I'll be honest, my professional career and background, that has cost me relationships in the past. That has cost me an ex-wife. That had, um, Because I was, I was traveling all over the world. I was going to your glamorous Singapore. I was traveling to Hong Kong. I was going to Indian Wells. Or I was traveling to New York while my wife was sitting, my wife at the time was sitting at home doing a boring nine to five job. Um, right. So yeah, you're right. It's, it's rough. Um, this it was rough. We had probably about week three or week four of the season. Um, both myself and my wife were very much alike. Can see this out? It's just going to be, and I think I don't know. And I think I don't talk to other officials. That seems to be the kicking point. That first season away, week three or week four, um, when you haven't seen somebody, the first couple of weeks is just like ah, vacation, whatever, right. and then you start getting into well, actually now this is every day, and it was worse this year because originally when I went to school and got the job, we're like right, I'm going to be out there for what would have been a 76 game season. Um, my wife would take a couple of um, long weekends off work. She would come up, so I'd still see her. Well, as we both know, 2020 didn't make that so simple. Um, right. So it was certainly rougher. I myself um, got lucky, um, and I'm sure we'll delve a little bit more into the season in a moment, but I got lucky with, with my who I had as my crewmate for the season, um, and that certainly made a big difference for me. Um, because he was suffering the same as I was. And I guess we were all in it together. Right. Um, we were all suffering together. Um, so that that helped. It helped me get through the season without jumping up a bridge in turn. But also, from my wife's perspective, she knew when she met me, when she uh, signed up um, when she signed up for this, uh, putting up with me, she knew that sport controlled my life. Is she British also? Or is she... No, no, she's very much American. Okay. And, okay. Uh, and, um, okay. She's, she's into sport, but wouldn't isn't 24-7, I will watch sport, nothing else. Right. I will sit there and watch any, if it's live, <laughs> sport i'll watch it it could be right. the most boring sport in the world um which right. adult. but <laughs> if it's the only sport on i would watch it okay. so she knew what she was signing up for okay. um it certainly is a plan that she will normally come out and see me wherever i go um to have a weekend away she does come to some of my games so okay. occasionally she will but okay. like at the moment i'm i'm umpiring 
baseball or refereeing soccer here in Florida at the moment every single day of the week. Okay. For the next 23 days straight, I have games. Good, good, good. So and, she knew that. Good. And one of the questions I have is, uh, and maybe she's not here to answer that, but she probably told you afterwards, maybe she's sitting in the stands and somebody's yelling at the umpire. And, and she doesn't want to turn around and say, well, that's my husband. <laughs> I know I had a, a girlfriend. She was sitting in the stands watching the game and people were yelling at me. Right. She's like, why is everybody yelling at my, my boyfriend? <laughs> well, um, not my wife. My wife tends to, um, she'll it'll go in one ear and come out the other with her. I do have two random funny little tidbits from the past. Sure. I was 18, 19 years old. I was refereeing soccer, football back in England. It was a pre-season friendly. So, um, and the game was fine. We get to about the 81st, 82nd minute and I make a decision. And one of the players on the field um, voices his opinion. Um, and language is a bit more colorful in England. Um, it's a lot more acceptable. Okay. Uh, um, and tells me what he thinks of me. To which my very young 17 year old girlfriend at the time stands up in the stand goes, leave him alone, that's my boyfriend. <laughs> um, needless to say, she made her own way home from that game. <laughs> and we've never seen each other again. That's one. Um, and the other was my sister, um, Sarah. She, um, she got dragged around sports at the age of five, four or five years old with me. Um, and, sent, and she actually now worked um, in professional um, sport back in England for numerous years. And we were at a game, um, I was refereeing Dover, Dover Athletic, which is on the southeast of England. Okay. Uh, and um, it was the club chairman at the time who, and I believe he still may be the club chairman, but anyway, um, who was um, giving me a heck of a lot of grief um, from the stand while sitting next to my sister, or as, as it was my baby sister. Uh, she would have been 10 or 11 at the time, and she thought it was hilariously funny. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, yeah, it happens. Do you, uh, do you remember your first uh, baseball game that you ever umpired? Do you remember that? Um, it was a year ago to the day, uh, this month. So I think I'd never walked on a baseball field a year ago. Um, wow. it was a little league game, um, at a facility in Lutz in Florida. Um, I was on the bases. Um, I had even less clue how to do the bases than I did that <laughs> play. Um, and there was an extremely close call um, at first as to whether or not the player's foot had left the bag. And randomly, my wife was sitting on the first baseline side and videoed the same play. Um, I have it on my phone. Um, and to this day, I still have no idea if he was safe or out. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I called the player safe. Um, okay. but to this day and and it's probably and it, it's one of those it was fractionally it just so happened it was ridiculous and close and I'll be honest at that point I was like I'm not sure I can do this <laughs> um, and this was a little league game this was probably they were probably 14 years of age and it but I, I would say I've grown a little bit and come a long way from oh yeah 
you've come a long way. I mean, I've been umpiring baseball over 40 years. I'm doing a couple games uh, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm in football mode right now, so I have a game tonight. Hopefully they play, but we'll see because it's pouring raining out. And I have a game tomorrow. But then somebody asked me to do uh, two games on Sunday, and I usually don't interact between football and baseball. Right. But, uh, I said I I would do it because uh, it's going to be a beautiful day, and I'd like to get out there. So that's that's really good. I mean, you have come a long way, uh, Jonathan, because most guys who go to umpire school usually don't get a job. Uh, usually they get sent home uh, without a job, and they umpire baseball, and then they say, "Well, you to come back." Or so you got you got a lucky, and you got uh, somebody was with you, and also you're probably really good. So I've seen some pictures of you. And it takes it takes both. It takes a combination. Uh, what would you like to accomplish after fishing? Let's. If, hmm. if you know, I mean, I know you. You said in the beginning you're writing a book. It's called All Balls. It's, yep, it's uh, All Balls. Um, that'll be good out. title. Good um, title. Yeah, it uh, covers my life in multiple sports and seeing whether or not I can make a name for myself in baseball. Um, I don't think I'll do anything other than sport. I, I think no matter what happens with me, I will always be in sport. Um, I I will probably. Um, I originally looked at going to like the Major League Baseball winter meetings to try and get a job in in a minor league team and um, stay within sport. That mm-hmm. one, uh, yeah. that's still something that would ultimately would interest me at some point. Um, I know, as I say, I'm not getting any younger. I know that my chances of getting a job in minor league baseball are ridiculously slim at the best of times, and I'm not any younger because they're even slimmer. Right. Like, I certainly will go back to school um, for that 0.01% chance that I may or may not get offered a job. Um, you said you would go back to school. Yeah, you, so, you would go another time. So you. Would uh, yeah, I, um, yeah, I'm currently on the fence about 2021. Um, Wendell Stat School is actually running in 2021, and they're going to have jobs in some of the independent leagues as well as um, some other jobs in some of the um, wooden college bat leagues for next summer. Um, so yes, um, I'm on the fence about that. I certainly will be going back to the umpire placement course to get another summer job of some form or other. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that I've refereed a professional soccer match. I've refereed professional umpire professional tennis, and I guess the aim for me long term would be to just walk on the field just once for a professional baseball game. If I and, and I am that person, I will travel anywhere. If I got a call at nine o'clock in the morning to go to New York to do a single A game in front of no spectators. You're in your car. I would find a way to get there. Um, And I think most most people that I talk to in my, and I've been doing this a long time, would say the same thing. And I would tell you, I'd crawl. Yeah, 100%. And I've done major leagues games. I've done, you know, so it's just, but still to be, to be there is just, you know, it's at the end of the rainbow. It's a, it's a definitely, you know, a goal. A right. goal. But, you know, I think I'd be one of the very, one of the very few, if not the only person that's done professional soccer, professional tennis, and professional baseball at that point, which would be an interesting statistic to add to some of the other random things I've done in life. Um, now, I'm going to throw something at you, but when I asked that question, I almost said to you, Johnson, why don't you become a hockey referee? Because <laughs> uh, I can't skate. There's no chance of me skating. Uh, I have, and two, like, and I have two left feet. 
And it doesn't have anything to do with balls, right? Right. Balls, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, fo- I'll be honest. I did look at football for a while, and um, I looked into football, and then um, I looked into one of the high school, local high school associations for football, and then they sent me the rule book, and I was like, eh, I'm not sure okay. I can do this. Okay. <laughs> and, All right. Let, and let me give you a big baseball, which probably wasn't the better solution. Yeah. Uh, let me give you one last question. I know you got to run. You, you got a busy schedule, and we're going to do this again. Uh, let me give you one last question, and we'll go from there. Sure. What uh, What do you think changes when you put on your uniform? Does Does Jonathan change, or does is he just the same guy over and over? Like I talked to Joey Crawford. He's a really good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. He's very He's very humble. He's been refereeing uh, NBA basketball. I'm, I'm going out to lunch with him this afternoon. Uh, There's a one of the I interviews. Know very well. I, uh, yeah, well, I'll tell I'll tell him that I said hello. No, please do. I, I'm I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan, so okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, please do. I have randomly. I'm sure I have some stuff with pictures of Joey on the wall uh, on the wall and in I, my office. And even if we get a chance, I'll maybe make a three way call and we'll just say hello to you. Yeah, but uh, you know what? What do you think? Uh, uh, how, does it change when you put that uniform on? I think you know when you. I think one of the things that you can never teach referees or umpires, and so it has to come. It can only ever come with experience. Is confidence, and I think one of the things that people certainly say for me in the soccer world is when I walk out onto the field, I just exude confidence. I I know what I'm doing. It's my wheelhouse. It's my it's my playground, um, and. That's one of the things you can't change. So yeah, I do change at home. I'm, um, my wife would tell you I'm loud all the time. But um, <laughs> off the field growing up in school, I was that shy, quiet kid in the back of the classroom. I was the kid that got bullied at school. I was the kid that didn't have a great deal of friends. Um, now I think that when I walk out onto the field, it's that exuding confidence. It's being able to quickly give an answer to a coach. Even if you're wrong, um, it's being out for me officiating has been a salesman um, you're selling your call you're selling your decision no matter what sport that is um, you come out you come off the field afterwards you'll watch a video you'll watch something and you'll go ah heck I didn't get that right or um, and you'll review it and it's like right how do I change my initial call but still keep that same salesman aspect to keep selling those decisions. And for right. me, that's that's something you can't teach. I, I go out and watch younger soccer referees and uh, mentor them, but I can't teach them, hey, look, when you walk out on the field, your shoulders need to be up, you need to be able to sell yourself. I can't teach them. Right. Um, that's right. something that comes to experience. And I think certainly in baseball, I've been learning that. Um, I was with um, this summer, I miraculously, two days before the start of the season, I got given a minor league um, guy as my crew partner because minor league wasn't operating. Uh, mm-hmm. So they, a few of them were looking for jobs. And I, I miraculously got, and that was the best possible thing for me because I got 53 days of professional baseball umpire training one on one, I got 53 days of video. I got 53 days of watching every single decision. So by the end of it, with him drilling things into me, I was starting to be a lot more confident and exude confidence on the baseball field, where at the end of the season, yeah, I still make mistakes. Hey, my zone is still iffy. Uh, right. But I was selling myself. 
a lot more. And I think that's one of the things that I, when you walk onto a field as an official, it's learning how to sell yourself. Because if you sell yourself, you're making your job easier. Right. Hey, got one one quick yeah one quick story. Yeah, I know you did 50, 53 games. Uh, give me a funny story that happened to you during the season. A coach came out, turned his hat around backwards. Uh, he came out and he started talking, and he said, "Wait a second, you're not from America." Something. Oh no, give me that, something, that give happened. Me, a give lot. me something. Um, give me something funny. Uh, something funny from this season. Okay, so we was in Western Nebraska. The West okay. Nebraska Pioneers, I, I think, maybe. I don't know. We were somewhere. And, yeah, somewhere. Um, I was on the plate. Uh, my crewmate was on bases. And we had a batted ball. Field, uh, bounced, in the field, bounced up and then actually hit, out of, hit uh, one of the uh, backboards out of play and bounced back into the field. And, okay. and uh, my crewmate... Um, hadn't spotted that uh, it bounced out. He thought it had actually hit the fence and was still in play. So he, the runner got to third and uh, the manager comes out, goes to have a chat with my crewmate and we'll, we then get together. So we get together and change it and we uh, put the runner correctly at second. Well, the other manager comes across and is and he, he, don't, uh, he didn't turn his hat around, but uh, Billy, Billy Hamlin, <laughs> and um, questions my crewmate. And then he turns to me, completely straight face, and goes, just because I've Googled you and you was at Wimbledon doesn't mean you can call every ball you know. <laughs> and, and to be fair, I wasn't expecting that. Um, it taught right. me a lot about baseball just in that moment because afterwards when speaking to people, uh, the players and that, the players actually go around and Google you guys. Like, we right. were getting Googled by players. They were Googling my name. And during the season, guys come up and be like, hey, so you did Wimbledon. I'm like, who the heck are you? <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was, that was kind of... That was and actually I have a picture of that um, very incident where the manager laughing and I turn my face and just look at him the same way my dog looks at me when he thinks he's getting a treat and that, <laughs> yeah it was kind of it, so yeah that was kind of a memorable moment that will, will that will get mentioned in the book and um, yeah that will that will stay with me for a long time good the uh the funny thing is when when i worked we didn't have google so nobody could google right you know you were just uh but i if somebody would come out to me i'd say listen skip uh, i put my pants on the same way you did, one leg at a time i said you know unfortunately i'm the one that just has to make the decision so i made the decision he's out let's move right. on right <laughs> i've been i've had i've had my run-ins with larry boa Lou Brock that just passed away is a good friend of mine. I met a lot of, I'm still luckily in touch with a lot of player Pete Rose. Uh, He's, but Pete you, Rose you, got it's a something of, you'll never forget. Pete Rose has got a new set of baseball cards out at the moment. And um, I was debating collecting them. So you may end up talking me into that. Well, you know what? I, I think Pete Rose is one of the best ball players. Charlie Hustle, they don't call Charlie Hustle for that. For no reason at all but uh we will definitely do this again i know you got to run i want to thank you for the opportunity thank you for the great stories 
let's do it again and do another episode on the refs chat room and uh we'll, we'll stay in touch no, jonathan and thank you and say, say hello to your wife Sarah. i will i will and, we'll, and, and your dog well i'll say hello to the dogs name. but um <laughs> I'll, I'll have a chat with the wife and we'll see whether or not we can arrange her to be here as well that way you can get the wife's perspective on dealing with me sport and stuff and uh, being away <laughs> for the summer so uh, but you're, you're very welcome and um whenever you need me you know where i am okay I stay in touch it. all right thank have you, a great day Jonathan. all right bye-bye then we want to thank Jonathan Stone for his stories and his time. We look forward to his upcoming book called All Balls. Scheduled for release in April of 2021, which is the beginning of baseball season. We plan to have a second interview with him and explore his success with professional tennis and pro soccer. Thanks for listening. Please share your feedback with iTunes, Stitches, Google, Apple, or the podcast platform you use. Send your thoughts to the refs chat room at gmail.com and join our Facebook group to be notified of upcoming programs.